Welcome to Triskelion. We must accept that advanced spacefaring Triskelion cling to desiccated conventions with a nostalgia for their traditions that remain hidebound on their home planets. Traditions were born from the primal biological essence of each unique Triskelion species. The blood and war, the valor and chivalry, the noblesse oblige, all manifest uniquely on each Triskelion world. However, the artificial uniformity of technology in the vacuum of space allows conventions to fester, souring the woven, recall, and human social consciousness. Nostalgia eclipses both convention and true tradition. Conventions remain unsatisfying when so far from home, and traditions separated from the soil and roots of the homeworld are the tree of Tantalus, never allowing one to savor the sights and smells of the weather and sun and sky. Nostalgia, therefore, gilds tradition with sharp edges of desire. Tradition, uniquely, selfishly owned by each species, becomes a dangerous drive back into the soil to reaffirm identity in opposition to the sterility of life in space. While human eyes may think Rakal tradition savage, the Rakal traditions are undergirded by their own unique and powerful biological truths. Combining tradition and the tactile reality of Rakal biology, it is no wonder that the Rakal reverence their past. Their social and political units are best translated as congregations, with that word's political and religious overtones, though no single belief or political system dominates the myriad Rakal congregations. Like the unheralded moment Romulus and Remus were suckled by a mother wolf, we glimpse a similar watershed moment in Rakalian history, where tradition and technology powerfully unite through the vision and sacrifice of a Rakalian patriarch. Triskelion 03, a Rakalian birth. Biotelemetry on. I'm recording this for my posterity. You shall have my thoughts until I have passed on to meet Karatz. As a species, we recall are in a sociological box canyon. If Thura and I are successful, our posterity, you, will be a new recall congregation. Thura, my most esteemed wife, has successfully burrowed four meters into the deep rich mud a dark loam bathed in the continual rains of this twenty-year-old storm eye on this isolated star system. My tent poles had been driven a dozen meters into the ground upon landfall. Our entire birthing stage is assayed, monitored, and adjusted as much as modern recall science could approximate the ideal mud. The cryopod Thora had slipped from had been buried in the treated mud over two meters below the surface a veritable coffin. Biotelemetry informed me directly that Thora had emerged from the cryopod. I could almost feel the mud against my scales. A sackful of imminent congregationalists would soon be ready to burst out her throat hole. They will be the first new house of the first new congregation in over a century. We had planned, right down to the broadcasting of House Karka as a coward. It had to be that strong an insult to get the Wolven to believe the bounty was genuine. It was all coming together, now. 
You just needed the right environment to rise, rise to the surface. But of course, that waited upon the biotelemetry. Now it was up to me to birth a congregation, not just workers, not just soldiers, not just leaders, but dynamic founders of a new congregation. This birth must be monumental. It had to be momentous. This birth would be a legend come to life. For all Thoros in my dreams, our lives would be meaningless. The wind meter in the wall of my metal tent showed 400 rotations per cycle, more than enough activity to both stimulate the birthing pond and keep the woven ships at bay. The woven planetary pack waited in high orbit. There, single-minded hunter ships would not brave the high winds, lightning, and driving rain blanketing this continent. No. The bribe they received from Kaerka would not be enough to make a wolven risk his ships. There's a concern. I have to hurry. I don't want them to get tired and leave. Thura began her labor wriggle. They were cutting their neural and umbilical cords. The biotelemetry told me I was out of time. As I climbed into my predator, I recalled God Karat's fourth brooding maxim of war. Know the pulse of your prey, if you would taste the hot blood. The woven were almost as palpy as humans. Their oily fur, a breeding ground, no doubt, for all manner of lice and parasites. Disgusting to think that such blood sacks as the woven and the humans actually carried sentience in those soft, farm-animal bodies. It was gross to see one, want to eat one, and then realize it had consciousness. Consciousness was a curse of the gods, but you had to respect it. A consciousness could give true battle. It would make the birthing special. This was not the age of Ta'an et Tura, when mating and blood combat were still honored before science had replaced combat with chemicals and replaced birthing mud ponds with soothed tanks. Even so, Thura would not be cord-tied to me as it was during Ta'an et Tura. Oh no. I used science to reject science. My science would mimic the matings during Ta'an et Tura, but free us from the cord bond. I implanted the biotelemetry devices into her stem and my stem. As my adrenaline flows, so her convulsions begin. All biology would be timed and synced without a mating cord by using technology. This transmission would have many times the efficacy of a cord bond without the danger to the mate of the cord being cut during combat. And there would be no need to lure the prey to the mud pond. Holy Silax, I thank you for the wonders of Rakalian medicine. I climbed up through the roof of the tent straight into the belly of the ship. Time to strap down for this brief trip. I can't hear anything even though the storm ranges. I am oblivious to it. The monitor drew realistic models of the exterior world as the entire hull was a seamless masterpiece of Orcalian metallurgy in this configuration. I was sitting in the sky in the middle of a violent thunderstorm, yet also in my cockpit. My heart and its brain mass thumped against my lower cavity. The first onset of battle was coming over me. Time slowed. It felt like a minute passed as my talon flipped through the launching sequence. A mental nudge and internal pumps secreted a calming oil into the subcutaneous layer beneath my scales. Thura was making her internal thrum to her broodlings. 
They thrashed inside her. I sighed contentedly. I was already leaving the upper atmosphere. I ordered the internal dream pumps to stop and started the heart's brain mass into fight mode. Time slowed again. My eyes bulged in their sockets. This was going to hurt if by some miracle I survived. But that doesn't matter. In the mud, Thora convulsed repeatedly. The break in her thrumming agitated the broodlings. Communication sparked to life. Speaker-generated tones of a cheap translator box droned lifelessly in my ears. I so thirsted for more color than this listless communication. Blood pounded in my ears, pushed along by organ-hosted injectors pushing joy toxin. In a way, the injectors and me were miniature replicas of this ship. I laughed at the thought of what was to come. If only I could read Wolven's facial expressions. The computer pumped out the Wolven threat with an absurd tone of synthetic impartiality. You are outnumbered three to one. Our Great Bull class ship is faster and more maneuverable. You won't be able to get the clearing distance to jump. My other render class ship has more than enough armament to punch through your hull. Unless you have a better deal than what Kaka is offering. The Wolven let his greed hang in the air. My interior incisors in my second jaw set in the back of my throat clacked so hard at this I could actually hear my inner throat chuckle. I knew their blood. Oh, I knew their blood. It was mercenary. What they didn't know spelled their death at my jaws. I gagged reflexively as the mexicator pumped an extra dose of vicious toxin in me. Time slowed the more. I felt primal again. Ah, carrots. It feels good. Not much longer. We are in labor now. I just can't bear to not let them know. I must herald this birth to the prey. I spoke into the calm and woven Rosetta, yet proudly with my distinctly recall articulation. <laughs> I know you, mercenary. In truth, I am Karaka. This outnumbering, you have provided it for a shamefully cheap bribe. Your death shall be the result and purchase a recall race of giants. <laughs> I needed no joy toxin to flood my brain. I had them. They just didn't realize they were dead yet. Thora's thrum picked up speed again. The broodlings were reaching her throat cavity. Damn you, lizard. The wolven commander bleated through the mechanical calm. I wanted to laugh, but the fight pumps were causing my jaw to spasm now. Then, in a softer woven growl, not intended for me. Get a space, dammit. Get a space. I'll tear your throat out if you can't get a space to jump. Half bolt, open fire. My monitor lights glowed red with damage assessments. Didn't matter. All went as planned. My bow suddenly telescoped out. My entire ship was custom built to be one large injection. One-time engines flared in one magnificent burst before flaming out and dropping to planetfall as debris. There would be no return trip. My pilot chair opened into maw position, pushing and throwing me purposefully out as the roof blossomed to reveal the injector tube gangplank, which had now fully pierced the hull of the so-called oh-so-mighty woven ship render. Toxins were not being flushed out of me now. There was no point at this stage. The build-up was all that mattered. The bioengines were tripling my muscle's output. I felt the bounce of the small arms fire. This armor was five times heavier than normal. This custom armor was totally ridiculous. 
no one could conceive of needing small arms capable to inflict a mortal shock through this straitjacket. Yes, my skin burned, and the radiation would kill me in months. I counted my time now, in seconds, not months. Who would need small arms capable of punching through half-ton armor? Who would be strong enough to wear it? I would! I screamed to no one, or I screamed in Rakalian proper at my prey. I know they can't understand. Their hackles were up, but their ears were down. I felt as if I were exploding as the pre-fight stimulants receded for the big push. Battle juice was pumped in for our final birthing push. Capillaries started bursting throughout my body. Wolven cried their weirdly hollow moans as they saw my blood-red eyes. The alpha male stood above the helm. I smelled the piss run down his furry leg. The congregation was now clawing through Thora. I could sense the delirium it brought onto her in the back of my hind brain. It was now or never. The muscles along the womb wall of her throat had to flex. She needed the feedback only I could give her. The ultimate victory only I could give her. Only I. Thora had to push even as they tore through her flesh. My dear wife had to push them out into the spew she would create in the birthing mud. I sank my jaws into the woven commander's neck and cheek and down his wolfish jawline. The first taste of blood started the embers burning in my hindbrain. I couldn't feel him hitting me, and I watched the chunks of my own green scales and the bits of my flesh in his woven claws as he eviscerated me where the guns had burned through my armor at the last. I had to roll. It was my final dance. I felt the primal urge. Lock on and spin. I already outweighed the woven commander by a factor of four. Without this armor plate, with it, I had over a ten times mass advantage. I pushed off the deck and spun. His head collapsed as my long jaws forced his head to travel with my spin. His skull broke apart from the violent wrenching on the very first flopping spin. I felt the small arms now. Even the battle juice flooding my organs' brains couldn't hold back the shock as pieces of me landed on the deck. One bolt pierced my lower jaw, but I had him in a death grip. Clamp down! Clamp down! Spin! His neck tore. His hot blood flooded my jaws, and I felt his brains against my tongue. I was unbelievably savage. I was my primal ancestors. Electricity flooded my hindbrain. A responsive chemical bruise that could only happen with such a death victory. This was the evolutionary program so rare it had robbed the recall of leaders. Now, now the primordial blood code was carried in the biotelemetry feed to Thora. I knew need breath. My head burns. Thora spasmed, and a ta'an et tura chemical flush entered the mud along with her developing children. As they wriggled to the surface, their minds would be configured as founders, bathed in her and Karak's final chemical spew. Thora began the arduous climb out of the mud. They would have need of a mother, a mother she proudly thought who was Karak's widow.